Turn with me now to uh, Mark, the Gospel of Mark. I'm going to commend you for your theme, uh, but your pastor gave me some liberty uh, to speak as the Lord led. Amen? Amen. So I want you to go to Mark chapter 8, and we're going to begin the reading at verse 34. Mark chapter 8, begin the reading at verse 34. Very familiar passage of scripture. I'll be reading from the NIV version of scripture. When you're there, say amen. amen. Then he called a crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeits their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And the, these passages, I want to simply talk for a few moments what it takes to follow Jesus. What it takes to follow Jesus. Those of you, you have the video for me? All right, play that video. It's a minute clip now. What it takes to follow Jesus. Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I have a busy work week. By the time Sunday rolls around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get Can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he plays by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're not the bad guy. Right? Say no more. <laughs> you strong, you stay safe. The others around you can leave. You know, financially, Sherry and I don't give a lot to the church. But we sure like to know who does. All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail. When I'm in the church service, can my car get a buff and a wax? Not just that, but an oil change and a tune-up. <laughs> How about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious. If I'm going to join, I want tickets to the big game. All right, you join now, and we'll get you there. I like a pony. Look in your backyard. Me <laughs> too. it's all church is not about me. Unfortunately, many individuals today believe the church is about them. It's about me, myself, and I. This morning, I want to challenge you as we look at what it takes to follow Jesus. It's not about you. I can't hear you. It's still not about you. And it never will be about you. Jesus says, follow me. In contrast to the common thinking that life is all about you and me, listen to the words of Christ found in Mark 8, 34 through 38. 
calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone comes after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus makes it clear that, we, that he must suffer some things, be rejected by the elders and the priests, the scribes, and be killed. And after three days, he was going to get up from the grave. After this intense teaching time, which included a public rebuke of Peter, Jesus then calls the crowd and his disciples together. He says, come here. You think you know what it means to follow me, but come here. No, come here. I need you to come over here, and I need you to listen to me. You see, I just rebuked Peter who thought he knew. Now I put him in his place. I don't want to have to rebuke you, so come over here. Come over here that I might teach you what it means to follow me. Jesus made it very clear. And after describing uh, his faith, he describes what it means to follow him. And I see four conditions. Four points that we're going to make on this morning. The call is to everyone, but there's also a condition to follow Christ. And we see this in the use of the word if. We're going to discover that the demands of discipleship cannot be dismissed or downplayed. Number one, desire. Desire. The first condition is that a person must have a desire to become a disciple. If anyone comes after me, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. Pastor Meeks, God never told you to beg people and babysit people to make them follow him. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you got to want to follow. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you got to have a desire to follow me. The pastor can give you the word, he can give you truth, but he cannot give you passion. I can't hear you. He can't give you passion. You got to have a desire to follow him. Stay with me. In, our, in, in other words, in order to walk with Jesus, you must first want to walk with Jesus. Let me see your hands. Do you want to walk with Jesus? Well, if you want to walk with him, he will make it available for you to walk with him. Amen. Amen. The New King James renders it like this. Whoever desires to come after me. The New American Standard puts it like this. If anyone wishes. And the New Living Translation says, if any of you want to be my followers, notice the phrase, come after me. This was the ideal of movement, of lining up behind the Lord. Following wherever he goes, he, don't, he does not want you to walk in front of him and ask him to catch up with our ways and wishes. No, he doesn't want us to walk. We get behind him so that we walk where he walks. We walk after him, not ahead of him. Listen to what Jesus says. I'm not lost. I know where I'm going. If you're going to be my disciple, you need to follow me. You didn't sign up for me to follow you. 
you signed up for you to follow me. Now, the reason why you confuse, and the reason why you don't have joy, and the reason why you've been robbed, is you following yourself. Now, follow me. Now, you follow me. I know where I'm going, and I'm going to get you there. Stay with me, because I'm really going somewhere with this. Do you have a desire to follow Jesus? Yes. As one of his disciples? Yes. You won't follow him, hear me, if you don't want to. That deep, huh? That deep. You not gonna follow him if you don't want to follow him. What are you saying, preacher? Salvation is free. But discipleship costs you. Salvation is free. But discipleship costs you. The great German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book, Cost of Discipleship, says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. When Christ calls you and I, he bids us to come and to die to ourselves. That's why you won't follow him unless you want to. You're not going to follow him unless you have a desire to. Why? Because it costs you something. It costs you to follow him. That's why we got people in and out of church. Because it costs to follow. Number two, denial. The first condition is to settle your desire. The second condition is to deny self. Let him deny himself. Everything within us screams against these words. To deny means to refuse. This is the same word that describes what Peter did to Jesus. One Bible dictionary puts it like this. To disown and renounce self and to subjugate all works, interests, and enjoyment. Check out what Jesus said in Luke 14, 33. He says, so therefore any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Listen, God is not interested in being second in your life. He's not interested in being an app in your life. He's not interested in being an attachment in your life. 1 John 5, 11 and 12 says, This is the record that God has given us eternal life. This life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who has not the Son of God has not life. Jesus says, I am life. So I demand to be first. And the only way you're going to follow me is you got to want to. And you got to be willing to deny yourself. He says, look at me. Come here. Come here. Let me break this down to you. There's a whole lot of you professing and signing up for what you don't know you signing up for. So come on over here. 
and deny yourself. Amen? Now, denying self is not the same thing as self-denial. Like not eating chocolate or going on a Facebook fast. Denying self means I stop thinking I'm always right. I stop living in my own power. And I refuse to pursue my own pleasures over what God has for me. I no longer belong to myself. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Listen if you please. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So to glorify God in your body, in short, I must give up the right to run my own life. Because I no longer own my own life. Stay with me. I've been bought with the blood of Christ, and I now belong to him. What are you saying, preacher? Let me break it down in layman's terms. Everybody together. You know what God is saying? You need to break up with yourself. I need to say it again. What he's saying is, you need to break up with you. If you're going to follow him, you need to break up with yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, break up with yourself. Our greatest struggle comes from us. The most complex individual you will ever deal with is you. And your greatest problem is you. And if you're going to move forward for the glory of God, you got to break up with you. And a whole lot of us have not moved forward and we're not moving forward because we're not willing to break up with our sin. Amen. Amen. Jesus says, now, if you're going to follow me, you got to deny yourself. And part of that denial is you got to break up with you. Mm, you ain't got to say amen. I'm going back to stock. <laughs> Listen, there's really no room for two. Either self is on the throne of your life or the Savior is. Again, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you everything. Come here, come here, Joe. You're still not getting it. God says, I want you to follow me, and God does not ask for permission on how you're going to give him glory. God says, God, uh, God called a meeting in heaven one day. The devil shows up. God's creative intelligence shows up. And, uh, and God says, uh, the devil shows up with him. And so God he said, the devil said, the devil, where you been? And the devil said, I've been out there to and fro. I'm trying to get somebody. And so then God brings up Job. And God says, listen, have you considered my, get this, my servant? Talking about discipleship. Have you considered my servant, Job? And the devil said, yeah. I done tried to get him, but you got this hedge around him, so I can't get to him. The devil says, take the hedge. And I'll make him curse you. 
Check out what God does. God said, okay. Listen, look at me. He didn't call Job and ask Job if it was all right. My sir, check out what he does. Okay. Go take everything he have, but don't lay a, a finger on the man. Here's the cold part. Job is being discussed, and he doesn't even know it. That's why the only way you're going to follow God is if you want to. And if you're willing to deny yourself, because God might decide to use you to bring glory to him, and it costs you everything you have. Let him who come after me. Nice. Look what he says. Come in. Come in. Because you whining and crying, acting like I done forgot you. Come here. You acting like I don't know your address. Come here. You acting like somehow that I haven't heard you. Come over here. Because you're going to go through some stuff that you need to be reminded of what this thing means to follow. Amen? Third, death. First two conditions are desire and denial, and as if those aren't difficult enough, the next he calls us to die, take up the cross. Crucifixion uh, was a common Roman punishment with over thirty thousand nails uh, to 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 crosses during the lifetime of Jesus. Everyone knew that the cross was an instrument of shame, suffering, torture, and death. When a person took up his cross, he was beginning a death march. Now stay with me. Unfortunately, we have romanticized the cross. Oh, yes. right. yeah, yeah. Turned it into something we put on our walls and wear around our necks. Yeah. When we do reference this verse, we often say something like this, Pastor Meeks. Well, I guess that's just the cross I must bear. And normally that only refers to putting up with somebody you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody on the sound of my voice, City Church, as you moving forward, you're going to have to make up your mind. Ain't no turning back. You got to make up your mind. This is it. I done stepped over the line. And now it's me and you. I'm here. Whether we got air conditioning or not. I'm here no matter how long it takes to refurbish it. I'm here no matter what we come up against. I'm here. And Pastor Meeks, 
as long as you follow Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Now, I'm not going to follow you only when I agree with you. I'm not going to follow you as long as, I'm not going to only follow you when I see what you're doing. But I'm going to follow you as God gives you vision. And as long as you're not asking me to do something that contradicts this Bible, you can count on me. Jesus says, follow me. Now, it costs you to follow. Because you got to break up with you. <laughs> you got to break up with you. Where do you need to ask yourself for a divorce? Whatever you in your life, you need to ask for a divorce. I wish I had time, but if I did, I'll tell you something. But I don't have time. Here we go. We're called to crucify the cult of self-fulfillment, self-promotion, and self-centeredness. We're to die to our right, the right to be right. See, some of us just need to deal that. You might be right, but do you need to be right all the time? Sometimes you need to might just take one on the chin for the overall good. You know you're right, I know I'm right, but you know what, I'm going to take that for the greater good. Those, those of you married, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Can't be married 34 years and not take one on the chin. Girl, you been wrong as two left shoes. And my wife, because she was here too, she said, she always said to me, I'm taking this one for the chin. <laughs> I'm going I'm, to I'm let that go for the team. Are you following me? Sometimes with the church, you've got to say, I'm going to take this for the church. I'm going to endure this for the betterment of the church. Although I feel that it can be different, I think there is a better way, but because I am in this for the long haul, I'm going to take this for the church. Now, see, that takes some maturity. That takes someone who's a disciple of Jesus Christ. As J.C. Riles puts it, a religion which costs nothing is worth nothing. In the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer again, he says, we live in a time of cheap grace where Christianity is more identified with health and wealth than with surrender, sacrifice, and service. This stuff that we have come up with, boys, listen here, that ain't got nothing to do with God. It is a it is a shame before Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. If a pastor feels like he has to apologize for a man coming to preach and he don't have air conditioning. What is wrong with us? What is this? You mean to tell me 
they tell you I preach like this at my house. Ain't nothing new. We're not babysitting grown folk. If you save, act like you say. You love Jesus, then get on your horse and follow. Becomes a, uh, wants to become a member, we welcome everybody. But what we do is before they can join the church, anybody can come to Christ, but before they can join the church, they have to take a pre-membership class. And in that pre-membership class, we talk about all that our church stands for, all that we believe in. You know why? Because we want them to know what they're signing up for. And then we have them sign a covenant of understanding. So you understand, I want you to know what you're getting into. So when I start challenging you for not being involved in ministry, you ain't getting mad at me. I'm saying, listen, you signed the paper. That's right. Amen? Amen. So again, we need folks to understand, what is this? And I am convinced that too many Christians don't understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Folk getting mad at the preacher and the pastor because the preacher wants you to pray. <laughs> getting mad at the pastor and the preacher because the preacher asks you to tithe. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, what did you think this this was? We got lives on the line. Are you following me? People dying. God has established city church. Because God said, I need another witness. I need another group of people who won't be ashamed, who will take their rightful place in the community, who will not water down my word, won't make any apologies for having a crush on Jesus, and dare lift me high that I can draw all men into myself. I think of the young rich ruler in Mark 10 who came running up to Jesus to find out how to obtain eternal life and Jesus challenged his idolatry of self and the pursuit of possessions. We read these sad, these sad words in verse 22, disheartened by the sayings, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now here's what I find interesting, Pastor Mark, that Jesus did not chase after or water down the demands of discipleship. Jesus doesn't lower the bar. Commitment to him is cost. You know what he said? He said, listen, man, 
You say you want all this, sell your stuff. Jesus don't have no problem with stuff. But he told him to sell the stuff because his stuff was getting in the way. That's the only reason he told him to sell the stuff. He said, you know what, you can't follow me because of your stuff. So, you know, you need to get rid of the stuff. That brother hung his head. Because that brother said, this stuff is more important than you. Now check it out. Jesus didn't say, well, come back, let's try it again. He let him go. He let him go. Pastor Mark, the people that God will call to this church, they got a heart for the vision and not having air conditioning, that's going to keep them from being up here. People that God calls to this church, they won't be afraid of hard work and they'll be willing to get, pick up their boots and do whatever is necessary to help this church get to where it needs to be. If they don't want to do that, let them go. You ain't got to say amen. I know I'm right. Listen. Discipleship costs. You don't make any apologies for discipleship. Okay? Now, it's easy to add Jesus as a friend on Facebook. <laughs> or Instagram. It's much more difficult to be a follower. Jesus is not an app that you add to your life. I can serve God, my wife, and my congregation that God has put me over as long as I'm willing to deny myself. I can again accomplish everything God called me to accomplish as long as I'm willing to die to me. I can't hear you. The only thing stopping you from getting done what God calling you to do is when you don't want to die to you. As long as you're willing to die to you, you can handle and do whatever he called you to do. Amen? Amen? Now, because he's Lord, he wants your whole life. Are you willing to put Jesus before people, possessions, especially yourself in order to follow him? Will you put your faith over your stuff? At times, your family. Over anything else that has been first in your life. What is it that is keeping you from following him fully? Luke 14, 33. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. My wife makes a joke about my priority because I love golf. Golf is what I do. That's my form of relaxation. Matter of fact, Friday I got my first hole in one. <laughs> Somebody say <save me. laughs> I got my first hole in one. And boy, I did a buck dance on the green. I'm here to tell you it was an exciting time. A hundred and, it was a it was a part three, it was a hundred and thirty-two yards. And not only that, it went over the fly. Listen, it hit and it backed up. Is God first? Mm. 
Me second or golf? So we right there in the, in the But the point I want you to hear is there's no doubt in her mind that it's God first. Not just publicly, privately. She knows it's God first. I'm not playing when it comes to my commitment to him. Seek ye first the kingdom and all of these other things will be added unto you. Amen? I no longer pray as I bring this to an end. I no longer pray for stuff not to happen. Because God not listening. Stuff keep happening. Raise your hand and stuff happens. <laughs> so I don't even pray that no more. I don't even pray that. My prayer now is, God, whatever happens, just help my faith not to fail. Whatever I have to come up against, just Help my faith to stay intact. Because if my faith does not fail, we're going to be all right. City Church, my prayer for you is not that stuff don't happen. Stuff need to happen. Stuff need to happen. You need to get shook up. You need to get champed. My prayer for you as a church Pastor Mark has always said, I just need you to pray. Well, my prayer for you as a church is, God, whatever happens, just help Chit City's church faith, not the faith. Because as long as your faith does not fail, you're going to be okay. Now let me give you a quick testimony and we'll say amen. When we were building our church, we, we built a um, 45,000 45, square foot facility on 17 acres of land. $10 million project. Now you need to stay with me. When we built that, the Lord put it on my heart and mind. We was only a little larger than you at the time. I think we had about 300 members or so, something like that. God put it on my mind, we need to go get us some land. And so the people said, well, we don't have no money. I said, I know that. <laughs> but God is able. You never know. I got that from Pastor Williams, my pastor. He would always say, God just may drop you something. So I got out there and said, Lord, by faith, we're going to just go look. <laughs> Lo and behold, somebody dropped it. Now, here we go. That's why now you older folk. You need to spend your money because your kids going to spend everything you didn't spend. <laughs> now, we go over there and look. Parents died, leave the land to their kids. The kids couldn't wait to get rid of that land. We got over there. We bought that first 12 acres. Then the Lord opened up the door. We needed some more acres to build a size facility. One of the mothers in the church used to wall mall. Uh, mall walk. She walking. She said, Pastor, we still need that land. I said, yeah, Mama, we need that land. She said, listen. The woman that I walked with, they own the land. 
set up a meeting and we went and had a meeting. I said, listen now, they were uh, developers. They was in contract with developers. I said, now listen, you need to give us that land. You need to give us that land. Because all the developers are going to do is make some money. I said, but we'll give you what they're offering you and we're going to save something. We're going to make an internal investment and all they're making is a temporary investment. You need to give us that land. Booyah. Gotcha. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's still not here. I'm saying it's going to cost you. So then we discover we can't build on that. Do you hear me? Yeah. So I go to the lawyer and the lawyer said, well, no, I'm passing that. Listen, you know why I'm the best? I said, no, I don't know why you're the best, but I know you're the best. That's why we're here. <laughs> he said, the reason I'm the best I only take cases I can win. So that's why I'm the best. So that's why we can't take your case because we can't win. I said, now listen, and this was strictly out of desperation. I didn't know what else to say. That's why I said this. I said, I said listen, we gonna build with you or without you. But we need you, that's why I'm here. Now before you tell me, no again, please just come and see what we're trying to do. You come and see what we're trying to do. He said, well, Pastor Shield, I can do that. Boy, he showed up. Boy, I was preaching. I was, I was, on hey, man. After we were finished, he came up to me and he said, Pastor Shield, I just changed my mind. We going to take your case. It took us four years to get the law changed. Now, Pastor Mark, this is the piece you need to get. I'm one of the only ones in the elders knowing that we really can't be. I'm moving on with architectural plans. I'm, I'm moving on with telling the people where our building is going. I'm moving on talking about how good God is. And every time I get out of the pulpit, I say, God, I done wrote this check, but I'm going to the God, if you don't show up, I'm going to get fired. If, if you don't show up, my name's going to be dirt. Now, God, I just stepped out here in faith, and I'm depending on you to show up as only you can. Now, stay with me. He showed up. We in the building. The Lord blessed. The doors have opened. I mean, you name it, it has happened, but you need to hear me. Nothing happened till we made up in our mind we going to follow you wherever you lead us, even if we scared while we walk. We're not going to wait until we are comfortable we going to move as you follow. The rest is history. God's been good. He's blessed. Now I wish I could sit up here and impress you and make you think I'm so great. The greatness, if there's any, is that I had the sense enough to follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus, 
Eyes haven't seen. What God has in store. God bless you. Amen.